Well, I'm glad to be back. I get to I get to preach today. Pastor Bill um, came to my office about three weeks ago, and uh, we you know exchanged the pleasantries. And he's like, "Hey, would you would you like to preach?" And you know you know how you can have about a thirty second conversation in your head before you have to respond to someone. So he comes in. Mm-hmm. Would you like to do it? And I'm like, inside, I'm like, yes. It's like, it's been so long. I was like, I wasn't sure if I'd ever get another chance. I was like, I don't know why. I was like, so uh, I was like, wait, 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 play it cool, play it cool. Say something sophisticated, like you have, like, well, I'll have to check my calendar. You know these things. Um, but uh, and then and then you know time has to turn back on. So I'm like, oh yes, 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 Pastor, I'd love to do that. And so here we are. So I, I have an opportunity to come to talk to you. Uh, in between kind of two sermon series, he's like, we've got kind of a, a nice little way for you to dovetail in with a, with a, a one-off about keeping in step with the Spirit. And so we're going to be in Galatians chapter 5, 16 through 26 today. And so it's, it says, basically, but I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit. And the desires of the spirit are against the flesh, for those are opposed. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing what the things you want to do. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. And it goes on to kind of explain a, a fairly comparable list of things that are flesh and things that are spirit. And then it concludes by saying, "But since we live by the spirit, let us keep in step with the spirit." And so this scripture led me into a, a very a uh, long kind of intimate time of meditation as I began to think about this. And I began to ask myself, is my heart's desire, like, is it my heart's desire to keep in step with God? Do I want to obey Him? Do I follow the Spirit? Or, or are there times where I follow the, f- the flesh? Am I, do I keep in step with the rhythm? Do I, am I mindful of the steps I take in relation to my response to God in my life? And so, keeping in step with God. There's a video I wanted to show you guys as I opened, but I thought it kind of felt weird coming off the tail end of worship. So I'm going to play for play that for you now. And it's it's short, but I hope you enjoy it. And I'm going to play it. That's a four-minute video, and I cut it down to two, and I didn't actually make it to two. <laughs> so, but it's it's just the the idea of timing issues. I thought that was hilarious. I found that video, and I was like, oh, I have to include this. So, um, timing, timing, rhythm, keeping in step, and so we're going to talk about that today. We'll get a lot more serious later, but I am the youth pastor, so I have to keep it a little bit on the silly side. But we do have a real tendency to bring it back and get real again. We do have a very real tendency as humans to get 
offbeat. Um, to, to have timing issues in our lives, we have a tendency to get lost. And, um, you know, we can get lost as a kid in a store. That happened the other day. Uh, River did it for the first time with me. That was great. I'm in Walmart. I'm like, where's my daughter? Oh! I was like, oh, that's right. Check the clothing rack. So, sure enough, there she was. Um, we get lost in the big city. Biggest piece of dating advice I ever received was get it lost in a large city with your significant with your boyfriend, girlfriend, fiance, get lost in the large city. It will learn. You will teach you so much about their character. <laughs> so, get lost and then get in a fight. But anyway, <laughs> um, what else was there? Oh yeah, you know we unfortunately soldiers can go MIA, uh, sailors can get lost at sea. Um, our businesses have lost and found. Oh, by the way. If any of you are missing reading glasses or shades, we have about a half dozen at the front desk over in the east lobby. So they're there for you. Um, we Peter Pan had his Lost Boys. I'm still trying to figure out the TV show Lost. And so um, it's, but, you know, and one of my favorite hymns of the faith is, is Come Thou Fount. And it speaks so powerfully to our tendency to to. To wander. It says, you know, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Take my heart, Lord, take and seal it. Seal it to thy courts above. It's this beautiful hymn of the faith. And it speaks to us so deeply because we know it. We feel it. We're, we're prone to it. But the grace and love of God is that he gives us a Holy Spirit. And he awakens our heart to it. He our knowledge of our brokenness as human beings is made aware through the Holy Spirit's working, but dualistically, at the same time, we have this sense of moral oughtness. We, we have this strange, universal moral law within all of us, kind of chastening us, hearkening us towards something greater and farther and farther outside of ourselves. Because a lot of us, you hear it, a lot of people on the streets or anywhere, it's, People in general, well, I'm just trying to be a good person. Well, I'm just trying to, it's just the right thing to do. And that's, like, that's, no, don't say that. Like, it betrays, it betrays your sort of egocentric narrative when you say, I'm just trying to be a good person. And it kind of cracks light into the dark argument. Like, people say, oh, there's no God. I'm just trying to be a good person. You're like, what is, there's, that's hard, like, you can't make that. Like, if you make any claim to there being right or wrong, good or bad, you've instantly cracked light into the dark argument that there is no God. And so we have to start talking about what does it look like to keep in step with that spirit. And so that's kind of where um, I'm, I'm going today. There's a lot of different scriptures about getting lost. We've got Moses and Israelites. Not so much lost as wandering, but uh, the coin, the sheep, uh, and Luke, the, uh, the analogy of them being lost. Jonah getting lost, and then I don't, I just included it because I thought it was funny, but the man who has lost his hair and his bald is clean. We lose things. <laughs> we lose things. Best of intentions. Oh my gosh, this story. <laughs> All right. I had the best of intentions. I had, I had the journey fully planned out. I was excited. Bakersfield or bust. I was on, I glanced at the map, fired up my car. I was ready um, the, the directions, the prize, River's birth certificate. So, granted, a few years ago, but, and we drove long, and we drove, you know, proud of the plan. And, however, 
I started to notice that even the best laid plans didn't seem to add up. Oops. Yes. The numbers didn't add up. The names were familiar, but they weren't necessarily familiar in the right way. And I started to ask myself the question, why didn't, why did I just see a sign for Vegas? <laughs> um, these are supposed to be counting up, or is it down? I can't remember. What are the numbers supposed to be doing? Oh, you know what? No, no, I'm fine. I'm probably the only one having this problem. I'll just keep going. It's fine. You know, I'm the only one that struggles with this mental, is having this mental struggle. And we made it to Kramer's Junction. We made it to Four Corners, and I realized I had taken my family 36 minutes off course. Oops. Yes. And if you... Boom, boom. Yeah, we have a tendency to get lost. Oh, it was. So I started that journey full of intention. And like any good husband, I began to ask a few polite questions when we arrived in Kramer Junction. Why weren't you watching the blue dot? Didn't you notice the mile markers were counting in the wrong direction, honey? Didn't you think at odd Las Vegas was showing up instead of Bakersfield? I thought you were the navigator. <laughs> yeah, ooh, Nathan, yeah. Not the best, in, but anyway, we, we have a tendency to go lost. Oh, dear. I mean, so here's where we here's where we'll get into the spiritual, you know, aspect of it. Spiritually, what does it look like to go the wrong way spiritually? Um, sometimes we get lost spiritually. Sometimes we don't mean to. We're just rocking down the road of life. We're we're going about our business, and we fail to look back at the map. We rely on our own sense of direction. We um, don't consult God's word. And, you know, we say, I've got this. I've done this before. I've I've gone down this road before. This season of life is not new to me. Uh, Oh, I looked at the Bible once about it. I've got some Alana scriptures I can pull from. Um, There's only a few turns. You know, there's only a few turns. I've got this journey. Wrong, right? Wrong. No, we get lost. We go in the wrong direction spiritually. So, um, sometimes, sometimes we go lost. Sometimes... We're like the prodigal son and we don't even know it. We, we don't even know it or realize, but we, it's not like we say, oh man, I, I remember when I said that to God, but we sort of in an une- unexpected way or unintentional way say to our Heavenly Father, like the prodigal son, I wish you were dead. Just give me what you owe me, God, and, and let me be. You know, give me that peace and comfort. Give me that security. Give me some good grades and nice things and some friends. And, you know, and, and sort of just leave me, you know, on my way. And, and we do. We put God in the dust. We are practically, if not completely, stopping reading our Bible. We, we don't pray. We don't go to church. We stop seeking accountability for ourselves. And, and we just sort of get, we sort of, we go lost. And so, 
Stick with me on this next part. Lean in if you have to, because I was afraid I'd lose you on this turn. But I want, I want to say something here. We as Christians can sometimes, we sort of rely on others to be watching the blue dot for us. We're quick to blame, like I was. Hey, didn't you notice? Didn't, I, mean, I was driving. She, yes, she might have been the navigator, but I was sort of, I relied on others to be watching the blue dot, and I, I was quick to blame and not take ownership. The other thing we do sometimes as Christians is we expect others to be watching their own dots. We sort of make excuses. Hey, not my problem. Not, you know, that's them. This is me. And we sort of don't take time to, to watch after one another. And so can you see the, the conflict there? Can you see the, the makings of a wrong turn? If we rely on others to be watching the blue dot for us and not take ownership, or if we expect others to be watching their own dot and never take a brother or sister under our wing, I think we're going to have some conflict as a Christian. So I hope I didn't lose you with that turn. But, um, and I'm not coming against church watch care. I'm not coming against the, the church taking care of us. Um, I'm, I'm just saying that if we go around singing, Jesus, take the wheel, and crawl in the back seat and take a nap in life, it's going to end poorly. It's, we have the wheel. Christ has the way. I hope that doesn't lose you. We have the wheel. Christ has the way. We are in charge of our lives, but we have to be following the path of righteousness, which is Christ's way. So, however, since we're prone to wander, since to err is human, we need to keep, we, sometimes we need to keep, keep awake. Sometimes we, we need a navigator from time to time. We need that spiritual elbow in the ribs. Hey, wake up. Go. Go. Sometimes we need that person to give us that little bump. Boop, boop, beep, beep. Spiritually, green light, go, move, move. Um, sometimes we, we need to call a mentor or a life coach or an accountability partner for a leg of the journey. However, regardless, you've got the wheel. Christ has the way. Each of you needs to take command and ownership of your faith and follow God's direction. All right. I want to get a little nerdy here for a moment. We need to go back to the Word. We need to go back to the Bible. The Bible is like a map. But there's a... So each year, Barna does a study. They do this really neat thing. They examine the, the belief and behavior of adults throughout America and in conjunction with uh, the Bible American Society, and they put together these statistics. And... Um, it, it says, you know, we find an, encour- an encouraging boost in Bible engagement that despite continued skepticism, Scripture will impact the daily lives and beliefs of many Christians. And I'm like, what? There's a 49% on the, other, on the side of the screen. But I guess what they're saying is in comparison, there's about a 54% 5 conglomeration against the 49%. So we do have that going for us. I'm still a little disappointed in this. Um, and, and, and di- different levels have different engagement. So Bible-centered, uh, obviously you can read, it's kind of small font, but it says uh, th- that these people interact with the Bible frequently. It transforms their relationships and shapes their choices. goes on to the next one. It transforms their relationships with God and others. Then it goes to friendly. It says it may be a source of spiritual insight and wisdom. And the neutral is it has little spiritual influence, but influence may be growing. So... I don't know, I just thought that would be kind of in, interesting for those of you who are into statistics and analysis of, of, the, of, the, of our faith. Um, 
this is another great... Um, this one, I'm going to read it. It says, Over the years, overall Bible engagement appears to have increased slightly with some disengaged slight, slight uh, shifting to neutral or friendly. The chart below shows some significant, significant shifts among major segments. Notably, there are uh, an eight-point increase since 2018 among Bible-friendly to neutral, and there's a 9% decrease among disengaged. I'm going to try to work my mic. So, um, it's just kind of fascinating to see this. The Bible has transformed my life. 24, 24 strongly disagree, 26 or yeah, agree, and then you've got the disagreement and someone agree. So, I don't know. Take it for what it is, but I, it, it's good to know. It, I was interested to know. I, I thought this was fascinating that, they, that things like that exist. And then it goes on to kind of break it down even further. Awareness of how much I need God, 61%. Sense of connection with God, 51%. You know, uh, curiosity to know God better. And then how I treat uh, different races, uh, refugees, uh, decisions made about work and school. So, uh, yeah, there's just there's a lot of fascinating data out there about God's Word. So, I, I want to talk about, you know, a compass. I don't know if you've all used one, but, um, you know, a, a compass, it, it magnetically always points towards, you know, north. Magnetic north is its absolute truth and the reality of its creation, that it leads and directs travelers towards north. And uh, C.S. Lewis talks about a great deal about mankind in relation to their moral, their moral law. And, and I liken that to a moral compass. It's like we all have this guiding force inside of us, this sense of oughtness that um, Greeks... Romans, Trojans, uh, sorry about this, uh, Huns, Brits, Jews, Gentiles, you name it. You can, just about any, any culture throughout the, the ages, the eons, has had this sort of every good boy and girl ethos. This driving idea that um, pick an era, pick, a, pick a, a decade, pick a century, and even the most... Cutthroat band, cutthroat band of pirates, or or bloodthirsty, you know, troop, troop or tribe of Saxons, they did not admire men or that would run from a skirmish. They did not harbor any affinity or affection for women that would steal or cheat their fellow clansmen. Um, individuals who would cause harm or dissension within the horde were most likely dismissed. And I'll let your mind kind of wander on that one, but. The idea of morals, reality, guiding us like a moral compass, the reality between good and evil, right and wrong. I mean, we have things like we say, well, that, pol- that politician is morally corrupt. And it's because he or she has continually made shady choices. They've continually violated the common direction and moral directive that we kind of feel and sense within all of our spirits. And so our moral compass as human beings... However, unfortunately, regrettably, our moral compasses have been broken. They have been broken. Adam and Eve sinned. They disobeyed God, and they wandered off the path. They chose to ignore their, their moral compasses. They chose to disobey God, 
all, all sin is disobedience to God. So, you know, lying is no worse than adultery. Cheating on a car, uh, cheating on a test is just as bad as cheating, uh, on, you know, stealing a car. And so we live in a society that have, they have, they have broken their compass. We live in a society that have broken their compass in the pursuit of life, in the pursuit of liberty, in the pursuit of happiness. I feel that we are either losing God or have lost God. And I know that's a heavy statement, so don't hate me for it, but I do see a lot of broken compasses in this world because people have followed things that are contrary. They have chosen, as Matthew seven thirteen through 14 says, they have chosen to go through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only few find it. Matthew seven thirteen through 14. So, Matthew 14, follow the blue line. Follow the thin blue line. Now, what I mean is on my cell phone, when I plot my course, I have a thin blue line. Yours might be a different color, so I didn't want to lose you with that. But follow the line, because there's a lot of different roads that show up in your map, you're, you're up on the GPS, but there's one way, and that's God's way. And so... Follow the path or risk getting utterly and hopelessly lost. God's um, first conversation with man. This is great. I, it's a whole sermon in itself. God's first conversation with man was where are you and who told you that? There's two questions. I thought that was just fascinating. So when it comes to seeking spiritual direction, don't ask the locals. I know that's the first go-to when you're lost to have to get out and ask someone where you are, but... While on this earth, it's not good to ask the locals where you are because they're not going to have the answers. You need, don't ask the locals because you know what they're going to say? Well, you're here because you're nowhere else. Yeah, my dad used to say that during road trips and I hated it. And now I say it to my kids and I get a little, like, twisted joy out of it. (laughs) Dad, where are we? Dad, where are we? We're here because we're nowhere else. (laughs) So, I don't know. Yeah, we're here because we're nowhere else. Guys, that's not the way. That's not the truth. So did fallen? So we have to. When we ask the question, when the spirit, when the question is asked of us, where are you, and who, who told you that? Um, did the fallen world? Did man tell you that, or did God, the divine Creator of all, tell you that? That's who I want to be telling me where I am. That's who I want to be telling me how to get to where I want to be. And so, our moral compass. All right, I've I've mentioned God's word being a map, I've kind of alluded to it. And so um, I, 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 really, I really do. The, the Word of God, it's like a map. And it, it's, uh, it, unfold, it, it unfolded progressively as mankind would venture further and further and further into, into history. And, and it began to reveal things about themselves, but mainly... That the Bible allowed us to know more about God. It was a progressive revelation of His, of our understanding of Him, as humanity unfolded it page by page, year by year, uh, as they moved deeper and further into history. And so, our understanding and knowledge of God's character was was brought to our awareness and and full closure, full disclosure, and closure. In Jesus Christ. 
So our understanding and knowledge of God's character was constantly unfolding like a map to the, the final amen of Revelation 22. And if you want to take it further, you could say it's come to a conclusion like the edge of this map has a conclusion in Christ himself. That there is, that though there, that all we need to know and all that God wishes for us to know about himself is included within the text of the scripture. So that's the map. That's the way. That is, the, that is how we can know him and serve him and get to where we want to go. Um, this moral compass that I say we all have, do all of our moral compasses point in the same direction? Mm, that's hard. It's a hard question. It's not to say that, that some people, you know, for the most part, I think we, I would say yes. It's not to say that there isn't the occasional you know, strange case, such as maybe color blindness or things like that. But for the most part, we have this sort of universal sense of moral law. But it's been really, it's honestly, if we get to the, when we get to the crux of it, when we look at the whole of humanity, when we look at history, when we look at uh, a projected future, I think it's safe to say that honestly, our compass is broken. Our compasses are, are in need of repair, um, and if you don't believe me, I'm just going to say Romans chapter 3, 23. It says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So I think we can say, safely say that without a restored compass, we are in a state of brokenness. And that restored compass only comes through the Holy Spirit power, the working of God. So I would almost venture to say that perhaps the, the Holy Spirit is the compass. And we need to get him, we need to get him into our lives. We need to have the Holy Spirit with us so that the Bible map, so that the Bible and the Holy Spirit in our possession will help us as Christians guide us in the correct, point us in the correct direction and guide us on the correct path. That's the, that's the statement I, I kind of want to make today. We, we need our compasses to be restored by the Holy Spirit. The Bible is the map. The Holy Spirit is the compass. And for Christians, the Holy Spirit guides us down the course of conviction that follows what God has revealed in His Word. <clears throat> All right. oh. This is the scripture that I'm going to use today. There's a lot of great scriptures that I could have used to kind of conclude with. But Psalms 19 is eloquently put, it shows importance. It shows a, a, a kind of a, a brevity and a respect of, of godly choices. So to ad- adherence to God's word equals godly behavior personified. Adherence to God's word equals godly behavior personified. You, you Blessings to those who live according to the law. Um, I find it fascinating that of the 176 verses, approximately, 176, uh, of the 176 verses, Approximately 161 of them, depending on your translation, reference some law or decree or command or precept or statute. In some way, I liken that to a compass. In some way, um, 161 of the 176 verses direct us, point us kind of morally towards the absolute truth by saying, here's a law, here's a decree, here's a command or a precept or a statute. And so... Now, now that's a serious guidance, 161 of 176. And so, um, 
So how, how does a young man stay on the on path of purity? By living according to your word. Now, change out the word. It could be young man, old man, old woman, child, husband, father, aunt, cousin, best friend, boyfriend, you name it. You could put anything in there, and I think it applies. Because when I think of the word purity, yes, you might go to sort of a relational purity, but I think in, you could say that purity just means living living a life that honors God. So how can we, how can you insert your name, stay on the path of purity by living according to God's word, by living a life that honors God? Just as the compass guides us down the right path to achieve the destination, God's word is going to direct us, direct our decisions in order that we may live lives that honor and please him. If uh, I seek you with all my heart, do not let me stray from your commands. There are two important facts to remember about our map of God's word when seeking purity in our daily lives. We must seek God with all our heart. A map's useless if we keep it in the sh- on the shelf. I was going to say glove box, but anyone didn't want to lose you, but you get the point. You know, we have to look at the map. We have to look at God's word. We have to actively use our, our map and a compass in conjunction so that we get to our destination. We, we will encounter, and we're going to encounter obstacles. Things are going to come up that you are, you are not prepared for, but with map and a compass, with God and the Holy Spirit, my hope and prayer is that you will be able to navigate your way through, past, and around those things that might get in the way, be it a possessions or personal pleasures of life. It's not all bad. It's just something to be aware of when plotting your course daily. Uh, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not forget. In my heart that I might not sin against you. The best way is, you're right, to memorize scripture. I'm never going to come against that. But I am saying, hide it in your heart and do it, do it frequently. Do it often. Because if you rely on old maps, old memory, you're going to get lost. And so, constantly be updating your maps. I kind of I, I asked for a map from my father-in-law, and I was like, I wonder how much longer I'm going to be able to actually get these. Because if you are even one week late to a row change, you might have a problem. But um, I love the fact that when it comes to God's Word, it is not a paper map. It is living and active. It is the Word of God eternally spoken through, those, through, through the Bible. And so uh, it, it's fascinating to think that we have a Holy Spirit and a God and a Savior that help guide us and direct our lives down the correct path, more than any paper map or compass could ever do. Um, click. And go. I stopped working. All right. Sorry, I'm not working. <laughs> Okay. There we go. Thank you. All right. Um, so, like you know, like a homing pigeon, like like a heat-seeking rocket. You know, you should always know where your moral home and your target is, and God's word is going to put you in a good way of knowing that. And so, um, my last slide. 
is, is simply that. Remember, keep in step with the Spirit. The works of the flesh are obvious. The works of the Spirit are equally so. It references those in the passage. But for the sake of time, I just wanted to get to the point of basically saying, keep in step. Mind, focus on God's Word. Be mindful of the pointing and leading of the Holy Spirit. And stay on course. Stay on target. And, and uh, follow, you know, follow God's way. And so, um, as I close today, during this uh, this song, immediately following, during the the invitational song, spiritually, this is where you're going to get to ask yourself, spiritually, some of you are in Kramer's Junction. Spiritually, some of you... You're, you're sheepishly trying not to make contact with your neighbors, but despite your best of intentions, you're a little off course, maybe even a lot off course. And God is waiting for you to make that turnaround and come back. So that's for, I think that's, that's for us, some of us Christians, best of intentions, we get a little off course. So if you're Christian, if you're sitting here today and you're like, man, Nathan, I don't look at you. I have been there. There are times where you just... It happens. And so let's make the change and let's get back on course. You're never too far from Christ to make that turn around. So um, if you're in Kramer's Junction today spiritually, I encourage you during the next song, go out into the dining hall, speak with an elder or pastor, and ask them for prayer as you look to get back. Now, some of you might be leading Jesus on a spiritual car chase. You don't... <laughs> need to do that either. If you're running from God, you know, uh, good luck. <laughs> He's, he'll, uh, when he brings you in, we'll have your altar call, phone call ready. And so um, I know sometimes, you, you know, we, we have a way, we follow our own course, and, and it is. It's like we're sort of being chased by God, and we know it, and we don't want to slow down because we're either embarrassed or afraid. But I want you to know that... Um, that's, that's not how God operates. Yes, we should fear Him. Yes, we should revere Him. But He's a God of love. He's a God of, of redemption. And He wants you. So if you are, if you've perhaps been running from God or have just, you know, I encourage you to come to Him. Come to Him today. Speak to one of us elders or deacons or pastors. And, um, and, and some of you, um, <clears throat> some of you have, have always felt drawn towards God, but you've never quite made a decision to say that. And you, you don't, you've never been able to quantify it, but you always have this, you, you've chased a lot of mirages, you've, you've been haunted by a lot of horizons, and you don't know why you seem to always be drawn to the next thing. You have sort of this go west young man type of draw, and that draw is the Holy Spirit. That is God saying, all of these, all of these mirages, all of these horizons that you've been ch- chasing, are, are not going to fulfill you. Only my son's going to do that. And so maybe that's you today. Maybe you need to go out and talk to a, a pastor, an elder, and, and say, you know what? I've been chasing all the wrong horizons, and I finally want to take hold of the son, Jesus Christ. And so during this invitational song, I encourage you to do some recalibrating, do, do some recomputing, and, if, and make the turn, make the change regarding whatever direction God is calling you to. Because... I know, and I hope you know, that, you know, I want God, like, God, I want to be where you tell me to be. And I want it to be you who told me that. Remember? 
Where are you and who told you that? So, um, if you want, step out into the dining hall during song. Get prayer. You know, make that course change. And, and whether or not you stay in here or go out into the dining hall, please, please fill out a connection card with your name, your information. Tell us what kind of decision you made today. Because we want to help you as a church, as a family, navigate down that road. Yes, it's your responsibility. Yes, we expect you to take ownership of your faith. But we're here to help you and train you and equip you. Be your navigator when you need it. Be your keep awake when you're feeling tired. We want to be your spiritual family. So please make an indication of your decision on the connection card, whether or not you go out into the dining hall or stay here in the, in the service and think about it. And so can I just uh, pray with this? And then while I'm doing that, the worship team can come up. All right. God, thank you. Thank you for helping us keep in step with your word, with your truth, with your Holy Spirit. But Lord, we're human. And whether we do it intentionally or unintentionally, sometimes we drift off. Sometimes we go off course. But God, you're never too far. Or we're never too far. And so help us to know, Lord, that you're ever true. You will never change. We might, but you won't. And so help us to make the turn towards your grace, towards your love. Admit that we've, you know, perhaps gone a little off course, but we know where you are, and we know where we want to be, and that's with you in eternity in heaven. And so we thank you and praise you for all that you've done. Amen.